Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me once again on my podcast, Touching Success, all about special education. Today I have with me Wolfgang, and Wolfgang was in special education while he was growing up, and we're just going to kind of discuss what that was like for him. So Wolfgang, tell us first about how you became physically disabled. Um, we're still trying to figure that out. When I was a, a young child, about three, three and a half, I started showing symptoms and muscle weakness, and it kind of progressed from there. So what is your uh, disease called? The original diagnosis uh, was dermatomyositis. Um, that's usually, at least then, considered a juvenile disease. So it's still technically uh, now just, it's still sometimes referred to as dermatomyositis, uh, occasionally polymyositis, or sometimes just uh, myositis. So some kind of uh, autoimmune disease. How did your disability affect you in school? Well, it made uh, for most of my uh, elementary level classes, I was in a wheelchair or close to being in a wheelchair. So it physically limited what I could do quite a bit, um, even to the point where I couldn't sit up in class or do much writing. Mentally, it was not very, it didn't affect me a whole lot, so I was able to keep up with the schoolwork for the most part when I was able to do it and attend classes. And you received services on the campus you went to school, yes? Correct. Uh, when I uh, first started to, uh, to school in nursery school or pre-nursery school, depending on uh, the year, it was a special classroom school, actually, that had a disabled side and a standard side. Um, and for the first few years, I was uh, on the disabled side, but when I hit first grade, I was able to move to the uh, regular side, standard side for most of the day, but still maintain physical therapy and support services on the disabled side. How did it feel to be pulled out of class for your services? Honestly, I never really saw it as a problem because it was already part of the schedule and I'm sure that the therapists coordinated with my teachers to find the best time to do it. I think that's great. Some children are very embarrassed when they get pulled out of their classes. So I'm glad to hear that for you that doesn't seem to be the case. No, it was pretty fun. Actually, in that school, somehow we managed to social, we, the disabled kids, managed to social engineer that pushing us around the campus uh, during recess in our wheelchairs and being able to do things to us was almost a status symbol. I think that's fantastic. You also had a difficult time learning how to spell. Can you talk about what they did to help you with that? Sure. Uh, when I was in junior high school, uh, one, of the, one of the periods we had, that's when uh, our district started to uh, have different periods throughout the day, I would go to the uh, special ed room um, and get different services, one of which was to help me with my spelling. Uh, and they, We used colored blocks. I remember having the different colored blocks to put in different orders for figuring out the... Uh, how to sound out words and how to spell words. I believe at the time it was a relatively new program, at least new to the teacher that I had. And do you think it was helpful? 
I believe so. Um, I think that helped. Also, my parents uh, fortunately were able to get a computer and a word processing program that had, uh, at the time, a unique spell checker. It would check with words on how it sounded phonetically and then try to give you the proper spelling for the words. So I could put in words the way I thought that they sounded and it had a very good chance of figuring out the right word. And it also had a second benefit because of the weakness you had with writing. Correct. I could uh, type a lot, well, I'm not sure faster to start with, but I could type a lot longer and get a lot more words on the page. So you got two accommodations in one. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, it's kind of funny you would bring that up. One of my early accommodations in junior high school was taking a typing class uh, they were trying to push those because computers were starting to come in. Uh, but the school only had manual typewriters, so my mom arranged for them to rent an electric typewriter for me. And that helped me get through the typing class. That had to be very expensive. I Good for your mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your illness. You've mentioned before that it has kept you out of school and you've been in school, out of school, in school. So tell us how that was, what was that like? Um, right, I got held back in junior high school. Um, I think mainly because I had missed so much classes. Uh, I also, although I don't think that's why I was held back, but I had a major operation one year and missed a lot of school because of that. In high school, my disease activity picked back up and I ended up missing uh, most of one school year and all of the next school year. The district did provide a home tutor for me, so I was able to get some of the basic classes done. Um, but I was so far behind on credits, I would end up having to stay an extra year or so in high school just taking electives to catch up on the units. So my parents decided, um, well, we decided uh, that I would just take the GED and then start at the local junior college, uh, what would be my uh, junior year. So by the time my friends were graduating high school, I was graduating with a two-year degree. What is that like for you socially? It worked out okay. Um, I had some friends that I met in uh, college, but also my I, I scheduled my classes so that they were during the day. So by the time my friends got out of high school, I was generally out of class. And I ended up with more time than they did because I was going to class usually three days a week and doing my homework the other two days a week. So in some ways, I had more time than they did. That sounds useful. I liked it. When you were attending the college, did you register with the Disability Resource Center? I did. I was one of the first things that I did. Uh, it was helpful because it, they, uh, well, their counselors made sure that I, would, I got the tests and the placement that I needed when I was able to, so they, I didn't have to come back at special times. They also were very helpful making sure that I got early registration, which doesn't sound like much, except it allowed me to get the classes in orders that I needed so I didn't have to make special trips or stay on campus longer than necessary if I wasn't feeling well or have to travel all the way across campus in a short amount of time to get to my next class. So you would recommend people who have disabilities go ahead and take the time to register with the DRC? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, they'll tell you what services are available, and if it ends up that you don't want or need their services, then you just don't take advantage of them. However, them being able to keep their numbers up uh, does assist them in being able to maintain services for the others who do use it. I hadn't realized that. That's good to know. Sorry for the abrupt ending of the interview. Wolfgang had to go and take care of something. But there are a few things I want to point out. One of them is definitely the D Disability Resource Center. I think it's crucial that students with disabilities definitely take the time to register with them because it's an immediate person or people that are in your corner to help advocate for you while you're at college. And the DRC goes all the way up through the universities. It's not just community colleges that do that. Also, I wanted to point out how much his mother had to do and his father had to do for advocating to make sure that Wolfgang got his needs met and what he needed for school. And that they realized cognitively he was okay. He was fine in that area. It was his body that was trapping him from being able to act and behave like a typical child. But then it's interesting that somewhere along the line, and not until about middle school, they discovered he also had a reading disability. In his case, he was reading, so it was a spelling difficulty. And how he talked about that there were different colored blocks, that sounds very much like an Orton-Gillingham method of some kind. He does not remember which one, and I can't tell from his description. But that's when you hear me say Orton-Gillingham. That's one of the ways that they work with kids. My next goal is to try to get Wolfgang's mother to interview with me because I know from speaking with her in the past, she did have to do a lot more advocating for Wolfgang's needs than I think he even realizes. And she's a wonderful person, but I can imagine that if you were to upset her about her children, you would know it and the school district would know it. and. Knowing her, she'd take it all the way up to the superintendent if she had to. Special education then isn't what we have now. IDEA 2004 is a lot different than special ed law that Wolfgang would have been under. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Short episode today, but I think it had a lot of information from the experience of someone who was inside of special ed and just sort of a point of view of that. If you know anybody else who'd like to talk about it, please email me. I would love to set that up. My email address is emailjoy at touchingsuccess.education. Again, emailjoy at touchingsuccess.education. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will hopefully see you guys again soon.